בשם השם נעשה ונצליח. שיעור תורה, we're back here from Jerusalem, reporting as promised to you guys about the situation that we find ourselves in today, where Israel is at war. Although the media likes to report about the offensive reaction of, uh, of Israel, um, very few are actually talking about the fact that there's still a defensive reaction and still collecting the countless bodies that have been murdered and massacred in the most awful ways mankind has seen in centuries. Now, tonight she will be, Bezot Hashem, for the Refuah Shlema, for all of the people that have been injured by this massacre by Hamas, Imach Shema Vezichram, these uh, Palestinian terrorists uh, that uh, recently were confirmed have joined with Daesh, with ISIS, as there have been uh, flags of ISIS found at the terror scenes alongside some things that I'm going to mention to you guys. Now, tonight's shiur is also going to be for Refuah Shlema for Rabbanit Levana Bat Zara, Rabbi Ephraim Ben Shulamit, Rabbanit Zara Bat Anat, Avi Mori David Ben Esriya, Imi Morati Doris Bat Jora, and uh, all of Am Yisrael, all the righteous Noahides that continue to support our organization, learn with us, and Bezat Hashem will continue to moving forward. Uh, anyone that wants to support the recent campaign that we have to help some of the poor people here in Israel that are struggling through this war, as well as uh, helping soldiers that we can with tzitzit or food or other things that we're trying to help them with, you can go to the website bhchesed, B-H-C-H, ESED.org. With that being said, I have to give you guys a disclosure. Um, any of you that are young, uh, minors, uh, I don't recommend you watch this lecture. If you are weak of heart, meaning if when you hear gruesome details of death and massacres, uh, that is going to give you nightmares, do not watch this lecture. Go somewhere else. I have several thousand lectures online that discuss other topics. Uh, this is going to be a lecture uh, that uh, only resembles the lectures that I gave about the details of the Holocaust several years ago, as well as this year about Gehenom. And um, the reason why we're doing this, as of course instructed by my dear Rabbi Vemori, my rabbi, my teacher, Rabbi Ephraim Kachlon, um, is because, number one, most people do not know this. Most people, including the Jewish people, don't know this. Some know some details, but they are unfortunately incomplete. And just like there were some wise men at the time of the Holocaust, where after the world discovered the magnitude of the massacre of the Jewish people uh, and uh, many millions of others that were non-Jews in the concentration camps 
they made sure to send a uh, camera crew uh, with actually a very uh, famous uh, Hollywood producer at the time to film, to film everything so there is witnesses, eyewitnesses on video of what actually transpired. And uh, we have to make sure that this information is out there uh, so people understand really what happened here. Because all that's really being covered uh, is really just you're seeing buildings getting blown up, you're seeing some smoke in the air, you're seeing a bunch of uh, pinheads on TV giving you their opinion of what should be done and what shouldn't be done, and then you're seeing countless protests uh, against Israel defending itself, reacting to the terror that happened. Um, and unfortunately, some of the protesters are actually Jewish people. Jewish people, even here in Israel, there was a group of lefty liberal Jews that uh, protested against the counterattack of Israel against Hamas uh, and uh, trying to uh, get the public to rile up against the government that's actually allowing their soldiers to defend their, their, themselves and to react to what happened here. There are also um, different types of stupid, ignorant people in the world that, uh, and again, like I said, some of them are Jews, some of them are non-Jews, that uh, minimize what actually transpired. Uh, and saying that the counterattack is too harsh. And uh, one of the things that uh, everyone likes to mention, and I've got this question several times, a couple times today, and uh, certainly beforehand, is that the counterattack uh, by the uh, Israeli soldiers and the Air Force and so on is not only uh, killing the uh, the enemy that's the, uh, the the people that raped, murdered, and tortured our people, but also it's killing children. It's killing children, and of course, every time there's a child that's killed at war, they uh, you know get the camera crew to make sure to record it and put it on camera and get the guy to run back and forth with the child as if he doesn't know where he's going. So the question that we're gonna Bezot Hashem answer tonight is what is the Torah, the Torah's perspective about children being killed at war? What are the rules of war? Do we have to uh, be careful to shoot only the enemy that's the adult? Do we have to uh, uh, do a uh, repentance for killing children? Is it, uh, is it okay to kill children? You know, these are things that happen. Of course, there's always collateral damage. Uh, and you're never going to um, go and question the Americans about the countless children they killed in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Vietnam, in Japan, and in, in uh, many other places. You're never going to do that. Um, because uh, they're, they're not, uh, not going to debate you. They just do what they want. You're not going to debate the... British about their wars uh, and how many countless people they killed, both women and children as well as adults. You're not going to question them. You're not going to question the Muslims, the Chinese. You're not going to question anybody. The only nation on planet Earth that gets questioned about killing children at war, especially when it's a defensive war, 
um, is the Jewish people. So it's time we actually understood what is the Torah's perspective. What is the Torah's perspective? And we're talking about a scholarship perspective. I'm not telling any of you to go out there and start hurting anybody. This is, there's war, and then there is every one of you that's watching. That's civilians, regular people, some of you terrorists that are making comments. Um, and it's important for a person to know the background. The background of all of this and uh, understand where, where, where the Torah is coming from. Now, of course, we all know whether you're a Jew, Gentile, uh, but you believe in the Torah, uh, you know, like the Christians claim to and the Muslims claim to as well, you understand that the Torah is the Word of God. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us clear instructions and is written in oral Torah of what to do, how to do it, uh, and uh, when we are supposed to have mercy, when we are forbidden from having mercy. And this also includes many of the prophecies about the end of days, where we find ourselves now, where it uh, appears to be uh, a possibility, as we've mentioned already several times this week, uh, the beginning of Gog Magog, the beginning of the last war. Whether it is the uh, beginning or not, we, are, we cannot be sure, but certainly it is something uh, bigger than what we've seen any time in uh, recent history. Now, the War of Gog Magog is prophesied in countless places in the Torah. The prophet Jeremiah mentions it the, uh, in, um, in chapter 30. Uh, the prophet Isaiah mentions it in countless places. Uh, the prophet Zechariah mentions it chapter 14 and uh, Ezekiel mentions it in a uh, chapter 37 and 38 uh, I believe there's also in 32 the point is that there's a lot of stuff that's actually uh, mentioned in the Torah about this Gog and Magog it's a uh, this is part of the Tanakh this is part of the prophecies this is not a uh, something that uh, is a recent invention in any way and uh, certainly this, this war is uh, going to be the war of all wars. And as we said, the sages teach us that initially, the, the Malbim explains it, initially Israel is going to be tormented. We're going to discuss by who in a moment. A dome is going to come and help them. That's going to start a fight with Ishmael and Edom, but not a regular fight, rather a spiritual fight where they're going to fight for the sake of their spiritual beliefs. And um, But then they're going to both turn on Israel because they want possession and ownership of Jerusalem. Now this is not a war that just starts now. This is a war that's already something that Hashem decided from the beginning of time. The Me'am Loez mentions that uh, uh, the war of uh, at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu against Amalek was the most extraordinary war until the war of Gog Magog. Now, 
But this war started even before it. And as we mentioned yesterday, the uh, Chachamim say, Woe to us on the day that Ishmael was born. Woe to us on the day that Ishmael was born. Now, because Ishmael is going to torment the Jewish people. Now, one of the things that the, uh, you know, the, the, the people of, uh, you know, that believe in the Quran like to uh, uh, manipulate is the fact that they think that uh, we changed the Torah and we uh, uh, really the Akedah was with Ishmael and not with uh, Yitzchak and all types of mumbo jumbo. But one of the things that they cannot debate is the fact that Ishmael was thrown out of the house by Avraham Avinu. And the question that we have here is what happened? What happened at that time? And what does it have to do with today? Again, we're going to get to the gruesome details later on. It's very possible some of these online outlets will throw me off. There's not the shame we already have our own feed, so it doesn't really make a difference. Anyone that wants to watch the, uh, the lecture live can go to bh.live. Um, but the point is, is that if a person looks into the Torah, in Parashat Vayera, chapter 21 in Bereshit, in Genesis, chapter 21, verse 14, we see that Avraham sends his son Ishmael away with his mother Hagar. And he sends him with bread and water. Comes the holy sage, Rabbeinu Bechaye, nearly 700 years ago, and asks the question, the question that every Jew should have asked, the question that every Muslim should have asked, the question that every scholar should have asked. Why did he send them away? And even more so, why did he send them away with only bread and water? Now, why did he send them away? We already know from the Torah itself where it says that Sarah didn't like him because she saw that he's evil. And the Midrash tells us that Sarah, the mother of Yitzhak and the wife of Avraham, saw that Ishmael was uh, taking his uh, bow and arrow and using uh, Yitzhak, who was much younger than him, 13 years younger than him, using him as, uh, for target practice where he would put something on his head and then shoot it off. And uh, intimidating him. And as soon as uh, Sarah saw it and confronted him, he uh, pretended like he's just kidding. No, I didn't mean it. Yeah, but he really provoked me. You know, the, the, the language of the snake that always has excuses for what he does. Sarah knew that this is all a lie. And demanded from her husband Avram to kick him out. Avram kicks him out, even though he loves him, because Hashem said, listen to your wife Sarah. And Avram sends him away with bread and water. And Rabbeinu Bechayel says, why only bread and water? As it's well known that Avram Avinu was extraordinarily wealthy. He could have sent his son away with gold, with silver, with donkeys and camels, as he had plenty of it. He was very, very wealthy. And the answer is, Rabbi Karim says, Rabbeinu Bechaye, that's because, that's because our holy sages teach us that Avraham Avinu, after he decided to do the will of Hashem and listen to his wife, 
and send away, send away Ishmael. Akadosh Baruch Hu gave him a prophecy, gave him a Wacha Kodesh that allowed him to see the future, where he saw that Ishmael's descendants are going to torment and torture his Avram's descendants that come from Yitzchak. They're going to torment and torture the Jewish people and have a hatred for them greater than the hatred of any other nation. Meaning that the hatred that the descendants of Ishmael, like the Palestinians and the rest of the Muslim people out there that are haters of Jews, the hatred that they have for the Jewish people is greater than the hatred of any other nation. One of the things that people come up and say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? But isn't it uh, Hitler? And he's part of uh, Edom that uh, they clearly hate you more. Wrong. Our Holy Torah says that the Ishmaelim hate the Jewish people much, much more. And in fact, at the time of Hitler, one of his big supporters was the Mufti, the Jamin al-Husseini, the Mufti was a supporter of Hitler. And there are many pictures with the two of them, with the two evil monsters together. Showing that the hatred for the Jewish people by Ishmael's descendants has always been clear. And is greater than hatred of any other nation. And therefore, says Rabbeinu Bechayeh, Avraham Avinu, after seeing this, he acted with Ishmael just like you're supposed to act with someone who hates you. And just give him the minimum required of bread and water. As Shlomo Amelech says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21, to give a water and bread to someone who hates you. Now, what examples do we have right now of the extraordinary hatred that Ishmael's descendants have for the Jewish people that is not like the hatred of the other anti-Semites in the world. Hatred that is beyond the norm. And this, Rabotai, is the part where I'm telling you, you have to be careful before you watch this, and I certainly don't recommend that you look up any of these videos. Certainly some of you already have watched them. As you know, the media publicize some of them, but there is, of course, the internet. And one of the things that uh, you're seeing now is that not only did these Ishmael's descendants, Imach Shimam Vezichram, did they come, did they attack us, did they murder and rape and take hostage our people? But now they're celebrating around the world a great victory. And one part of their celebration is showing off and making fun of the Jewish people and how they outwitted the 
Israeli army, how they murdered and raped us and burned us alive and did all types of things. And they themselves are actually publicizing these videos with pride. Pride unlike anything else we've seen in the world. Now the things I'm going to tell you, Rabotai, are not speculation. Everything that I'm telling you here is eyewitness news, first-hand report, either by speaking directly to the people that were there, that were collecting the body parts and still are collecting the body parts, or the other things that I'm going to mention to you. These are people that either were in video, in phone calls, first-hand, you know, face-to-face conversations, confirming all of these details. And it must be told to everyone. So regardless of whether you agree or disagree with the Israeli government uh, political stance on things, you must understand that supporting anything to do with Ishmael's descendants and the people that did this and the people that want to do more of this is supporting the Satan, is supporting the ultimate evil in the world. As some of the things that we've seen in our life, whether it's from the different investigations we did about the Holocaust, and as I've told you guys over the years, they used to do all types of experiments on Jewish people while they were alive, killing them many times. Horrible things I've seen. These things have actually surpassed it. What we've seen in the last couple of days, Rabotai Karim, have surpassed any measure of evil that we've ever seen in our life. And it must be known by the public that is ignorant of the truth, only sees things through videos on the internet that make the Ishmaelim look like decent people, look like persecuted people, look like they're being attacked. We're talking about the most evil nations on planet Earth. And after you see what they've done, you'll understand why I say this. Now, of course, all nations have gone to war at some point or another and are still at war. Whether it's the current wars between Russia and Ukraine or the different wars between uh, India and Pakistan or uh, the uh, different uh, countries against uh, uh, Germany and Japan, we've seen a lot of things. And there are rules to war. There are prisoners of war that have to be treated a certain way. There are people, the dead have to be treated a certain way. Uh, there's, there's rules to war. There are rules to war. The rules to war have been broken in more measures in the last couple of days by the Ishmaelim than any other nation in recent history. To start off, we know that they broke through the borders and just started going after civilians, killing anyone they saw, going into the police station and killing everybody, taking it over, going into different uh, uh, military places and killing everybody. But after that, going to the houses, houses of regular people, house to house, they went and they killed them. Had they just shot the people, killed the people, it would be enough. Enough evil. 
but it wasn't. The people that have provided this information, have provided pictures, have provided videos, have provided literally free access to all media, all types of journalists that are willing to document the truth. But yet, very little of it is actually out there in the bigger media outlets. Most of it is being publicized independently by the Palestinian terrorists themselves, by the evil monsters themselves that are actually taking pride in this. Some people tell me that there is a lot of things on the internet, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook, but the most you can find is on uh, Telegram. Uh, But again, like I said, I don't recommend you doing it. I don't recommend you looking at it, just simply because it'll torment you for a long time, especially for people that are weak at heart. Just listening to what happened is going to be enough. One of the things that I uh, just found out tonight from... uh, someone that is directly... I had a conversation with uh, people that are at Zaka, collecting the bodies. And he says that they already know for sure that the numbers on the news of only 1,200 Jewish people being murdered uh, is a complete fabrication. It is much, much more than that. They've already confirmed well over 1,600 people dead, but there are countless more. And out of all of the dead, they've only been able to identify just a couple of hundred bodies. Meaning, there are already confirmed 1,600 people. They're still finding more and more. But out of the 1,600 people, only a couple of hundred, only about 250 or so, have actually been identified of who they are. Why only a couple of hundred? Because of the mutilation that they have done to these people. In one particular location, they went to a neighborhood, regular neighborhood, and each house they found more and more dead bodies. Some of these people that volunteered to do this, working to do this, literally had to go in and out of the houses and vomit because of just the gruesome nature of what happened. In one particular places, one particular place they found over 40 babies, 40 toddlers murdered with their heads chopped off. Over 40 babies murdered with their heads chopped off. In another place, they found many other children tied together, tied to each other on the floor burned alive. All of them burned alive. In another place, they found countless bodies lying on the floor all tied up with their hands and legs tied up behind their back and then all shot and killed, sliced in one particular woman that was pregnant. They killed her. They cut her open, her belly open, and took the baby out and killed it too. Literally, you're talking about the sickest people on planet Earth. Even the murderers around the world don't act like this.
Serial killers don't act like this. But if this wasn't it, this would be enough. But it wasn't. They took a bunch of children and they put them in animal cages. And then they burned them all alive and chopped off some of their heads. They raped countless Jewish women. But it wasn't just a typical rape like some people are aware of where you see the women that are taken hostage and you see that their pants are full of blood. Rather, people that, I'm telling you, eyewitnesses of this, of, of, of what happened. After they raped them, they would shoot them in the reproductive organ. And other times, they would actually put their weapons inside the woman's body in order to torture her to death until they died. They would literally put the weapons inside the body of the woman after they tormented her. In one particular scene, they took a group of women, tied them up in the middle, and then around them they took a bunch of children and tied them around the women in a circle to make sure that the children watch this as they rape all of the women and then murder all of them in the most horrific ways cutting some of them into little pieces. One particular person told us that he was given a bag, a body bag, and they told him, this is a child. He says, this is not a child. This is a woman. He said, no, look, it's a small little bag. He opened the bag and he showed him, no, look, it's, she's cut up into little pieces. She's cut up into little pieces. A group of women were raped as children were watching it and then they killed each one of the women and killed each one of the kids and burned them in some cases, cutting them to pieces in other cases, beheading some of them. Further, if that wasn't enough, today we had a direct report from a doctor that is looking into the bodies, trying to identify them, that gave insight to others of why it's taking so long. And one of the reasons why it's taking so long is because these Ishmaelimi, Machshimam Vezichram, it wasn't enough to kill the people. It wasn't enough to rape the people. It wasn't enough to chop off heads and bodies in pieces. It wasn't enough. They even put bombs inside some of the bodies. So when the Jewish doctors and soldiers identify them and they touch the bodies or they investigate, they turn on the bomb and kill the people meaning the living people would die. Literally, they put bombs inside the corpses. These are things, Rabbutai, we all wish our ears have never heard and our eyes have never seen. These are the things that have happened. These are the things that have happened to our Jewish people over the last couple of days. And all of you that are supporting the Ishmaelim, Imach Shimam Vezichram, you yourself are no different than them. You yourself are no less vicious than they are. And you yourself will get a punishment no different than they will eventually. 
Now, one of the eyewitnesses that keeps reporting on this is a guy by name of Michel Troni. And literally, you see how tormented he is about all of this and what he has seen. I know him already from some time ago. I've seen some of his uh, other uh, work. And you see the man has changed. The face has changed as a result of what he has seen in the last few days. Finding dead people is one thing. Finding them burned alive, cut into pieces, beheaded, weapons and bombs inside them. All types of horrific, psychopathic things have taken place and the world at large is still requesting and demanding that the Jews explain their reaction. Sarai Menu, nearly 3,500 years ago, already knew that Ishmael is a vicious animal. Avram initially did not know until HaKadosh Baruch showed it to him in prophecy. And one of the things, Rabotai Karim, that our Holy Torah tells us is that this is not the end. This is just the beginning. These satanic, psychopathic people are simply not normal human beings. And anyone that thinks that I'm making up any of this stuff, you can find every single thing that I said in living color. The videos of it, the pictures of it, being publicized by them, not even being publicized by, by Jewish media in any way. In fact, we wish Jewish media would publicize this. We wish any media would publicize this. But all we've seen is some hostages, we've seen some dead bodies here and there in bags, so it looks, you know, appropriate for television. The horrific things that I'm reporting to you are things that they are reporting, and one of the things that they're trying to do with all of this is to instill fear into the Jewish people to kill the morale, and they're succeeding at it in some cases, where people are becoming scared, because they've never seen anything like this. They've never seen an enemy that is happily excited about chopping off the heads of children, cutting them open, cutting them to little pieces, burning them alive, inflicting torment to people and torture to people that the biggest psychopaths in the world haven't even thought of. You're not talking about one lone psychopath. You're talking about a nation of psychopaths. The amount of people that have been killed in gruesome and unusual ways shows that this is not an act of an individual. This is an ideology of a nation. So for all of those, whether it's the lefty liberal Jews, the Tuekarta, non-Jews out there that are supporting the Palestinians, 
know that this is what you're supporting. And if you are supporting that, you should know. You will be considered no different than the murderer himself in heaven when HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges you. Now the question is asked. Fine, we understand that there is horrible things that happened. But what is the fault now that you're attacking back? Now that the Jewish people are attacking back to at least a certain extent. They reported maybe 6,000 bombs thrown on, uh, on the, uh, the Gaza over there. I'm surprised it's only 6,000. It should have simply been just one. But the, uh, the point is, is that a, uh, people are uh, asking, fine, they did bad things, there's thousands of terrorists that infiltrated the country, beat the system, destroyed the morale of countless people, what is the fault of the civilians, and especially the babies, the children, that are being killed by some of these bombs, that are being killed by some of these bullets? Says David Melech, says David Melech, David Melech tells us in Psalms, chapter 137, verse 9. David Melech tells us the rules of war. Ashrei shalem lach et gmulech shegamalt lanu. Ashrei shiochaz venipetz et olalaich el sela. O violated daughter of Babylon, praiseworthy is he who repays you in accordance with the manner that you treated us. Praiseworthy is he who will clutch and dash your infants against the rock. Says David the Melech, the tormentors of the Jewish people, the torturers of the Jewish people, not just the Babylonians, not just the Assyrians, not just the Spaniards or the Nazis, but especially so in the last generation, the Ishmaelim. We will have our day where we will praise Akadosh Baruch Hu when he takes the infants and smashes their heads against the rocks as they did to us. Meaning that the Vida Melech, Beruach Kotsho, told us that during war there is no mercy. When you are fighting an enemy, there is no mercy. As the rule of the Torah is, Kol Anyone who is merciful over vicious people ultimately will become vicious towards merciful people. There is no permission from the Torah to have any mercy whatsoever during war. Not on children, not on women, not on anybody. Why? Because if a person understands what is war and why you're fighting, you'll understand that by being merciful on the, on the vicious, you'll eventually become vicious on the merciful. But how does that work? 
one of the stories that was publicized and then republicized recently that shows this proof of the Torah's divinity come to life in a horrific way is that some time ago there was a video that was publicized of Jewish soldiers flying in the middle of a special mission and you hear the guy that uh, the pilot telling the base that he has a target, but then he identified that it was a group of children, three, four children. Should I shoot them? Should I not? He says, he doesn't get the answer. And then shortly later, you see him fly away and he says, I let them go. I didn't do anything. And this was publicized and celebrated of how you mean the Israeli army is, wow. Now if the story would have ended there, then we wouldn't have even mentioned it. Unfortunately, what ended up happening is that those three children, those three Shmailim, grew up and got the Shmaili education. The Shmaili education that tells you that murdering and raping Jewish people is what you're supposed to aim for. That's their ideology. And those Ishmaeli kids grew up to become adults that were terrorists. Terrorists that ended up raping and killing Jewish men and women. They are the ones that showed up. They showed up during this attack. This is the reason Rabotai Karim, HaKadosh Baruch who says during war, there is no mercy. You may think you're being merciful to a child, but you're not being merciful to the child. You're being vicious to the ultimate victim that this child will grow up and kill. Because the ideology that that child will grow up with is even worse than the ideology of his father. Hence the reason why the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 20, verse 16, says, Rules of war. Lo kol neshama. Do not allow anyone to remain alive. Nothing. No mercy. Furthermore, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25, verse 19, Machoid zecher amalek completely erase any memory of Amalek, which means men, women, and children, the Torah says, do not have the right to exist once we're at war. And the reality is that people think, well, it's only a baby. To you, it's only a baby. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees the before, the during, and the after, the past, present, and the future gave us a holy Torah that takes everything into consideration and says that if you do not follow my Torah precisely, you will eventually, you will eventually suffer. There was a Rav Kahana that mentioned these words of the Torah years ago and people called him a fanatic because he's following the Torah that's older than any law book out there in the world. They called him a fanatic. But today they realize that he was right. 
more than ever, they realized that he was right. The reality is, Rabbi that these terrorists weren't born today. They have been groomed for decades. And the world not only remained silent, but actually supported them. Now, the Zohar Kadosh says, why was Ishmael called Ishmael? Answer is because at the end of days, Ishmael will cause so much torment and suffering to Am Yisrael to the point where Am Yisrael will cry out to Hashem until Ishmael, until Hashem hears us, hears our cries and answers us. Many people in Israel are crying over what happened. And I don't think you're going to find one normal human being that has an ounce of happiness in him right now about what's transpired over the last few days. But certainly there are people with all types of opinions. Hence the reason why we don't want to go to people's opinions. We only want to go to the Holy Torah. Because the Torah is the opinion of God. What does God say about all of this? What does God have to say about all of this? The book of Jeremiah and Isaiah are full of different verses that respond to this particular situation. In fact, some of the secrets that you will find in the Torah is if you go to um, the chapters that are in the same date as this event. Chapter in Tehilim, Kafbit. Chapter in, a, uh, in Jeremiah. Several other places you'll see the verses, the paragraphs over there discuss this event as if it was the instructions of how to deal with this once it happens. Prophet Jeremiah in chapter 30. tells us about what just happened. And in fact, it will continue happening until we cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with hearts that have done tshuva, with hearts that have been circumcised, with hearts that have realized that we've made a mistake by not following this Torah completely. And Jeremiah says in the name of God, thus says Hashem, God of Israel, saying, write down for yourself all of these things that I am telling you into a book. Why should Jeremiah write this into a book? Because obviously Hashem is telling him this prophecy is not just for the times that you're living where the Bet HaMikdash is being destroyed and Amisel was being punished. But rather this is going to be an ongoing prophecy that will materialize at the end of days, the war of Gog and Magog, 
For behold, the days are coming, says Hashem. When I will return <coughs> the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, said Hashem. And I will return them to the land that I gave their forefathers, and they will possess it. Here we see the prophet Jeremiah is already telling us that one day Hashem is going to give us back the land. And these are the things that Hashem spoke concerning Israel, concerning Judah. For thus said Hashem, sound of terror have we heard, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see if a male has ever given birth. Why then do I see that every man puts his hands upon his loins like a woman in childbirth, and all the faces turn pale? Here, Jeremiah is telling us that the prophecy that he's seeing is an extraordinary sorrow and sadness, like you will see on most normal Jewish faces today. Faces that many of those people never made, even when they had a death in their own in their own uh, in their own family, because of the gruesome details of all the murders. Woe for that day! Will be momentous. There is nothing like it. It will be a time of trouble for Yaakov. Here, the prophet Jeremiah is telling us that this time, this gogumagog, this troubles before and during it, is not going to be like anything else. And that's saying a lot. The Jewish people have been tormented and tortured by every major nation since the beginning of time. Whether it's the Babylonians or the Assyrians, the Greeks and the Romans, the Spaniards, the, the British... And certainly even their own people, aside from the Germans. But here the prophet says that at the end of days, the trouble will be unlike any other. Eventually you'll be saved, promises Hashem. Eventually you'll be saved. But that's not going to be such a simple thing. That's just going to happen just because a few people give charity. Just because a few people do a good deed. It shall be on that day the word of Hashem, Master of Legions, that I will break off the yoke from your neck and I will tear your straps and foreigners will no longer enslave him. Meaning the salvation will ultimately come. They will serve Hashem, their God, and David, their king, whom I will establish over them. But as for you, do not fear, my servant Yaakov, the word of Hashem. And do not be afraid, Israel, for behold, I am saving you from distant places, and your descendants from the land of their captivity. And Yaakov will return and be at peace and tranquil. Here, Kadosh Baruch Hu tells us that this time of a nightmare that the Jewish people will experience from the 
agony that's unlike any other will also include captives, prisoners. Just like we have right now, we're nearly between 150 and 200 Jewish people have reported to be captured, as p- kidnapped, and are being tortured, raped, and in many cases, murdered. They brought some of them over there just to kill them in the streets, like pure animals. Well, when you feed, you want to make a scene with animals, you want a bunch of lions, a bunch of alligators. You want an audience to watch. You don't feed them for a little while and then you throw an animal, throw a living animal, dead animal, something bloody in the middle and you see all the animals fight over it. Everyone wants everything. That's the Ishmaelim. They brought some of the Jewish people back to their terrorist headquarters in Gaza over there and other places And literally you see the civilians that everyone keeps crying about and trying to defend. You see the civilians acting even more viciously than the vicious people that brought them. Where they're literally all trying to get a punch, a hit, trying to kill the people so much so that they actually end up hitting even their own people, the the people, the the terrorists themselves, they're hitting them also. Just to try to kill them. Then they take... Jewish children videotape him as he gets beat up by other Palestinian kids, little terrorists being trained to kill. Make a video out of it. They think it's funny. They publicize it everywhere. Some people have publicized that child's picture next to a picture of a Jewish child from the Holocaust. And the resemblance is astounding. Literally like a reincarnation. The horrors were literally endless for those that are still alive there. Those that are still alive. But of course people are going to defend them and say, no, you're making it up. Go check. Go online and check. Go call your Ishmaeli brothers, fellow terrorists. Ask them to send you a few pictures. Ask them to send you a few videos of how many people they murdered today, how many people they raped today. Go, go see what they do. Go see how they celebrate. Tormenting people. Mutilating bodies in the most unusual ways. And laughing the whole time. But on TV, they make sure to cry. They make sure to cry for the TV. Like movie stars from Hollywood. Oh, poor me. My house blew up. Should be calling it my terror cell. But that's what's happening. This tormenting is already prophesized. And Jeremiah says there's going to be captives. Kadosh Baruch tells us there's going to be captives, there's going to be tormenting, but he also promises us 
that despite all of our violations of the Torah and our lack of loyalty to Hashem, He will chastise us with justice, but I will never eliminate you completely, He says. This is all in chapter 30 of the book of Jeremiah. Furthermore, the prophet Isaiah, that the Chachamim say was the greatest prophet aside from Moshe Rabbeinu. In chapter 42, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, starting in verse number 5, which is this week's Parashat Bereshit, this is the Aftarah. And verse number five is where the Aftarah starts. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us about his greatness. Thus says Hashem, Who created the heavens and stretched them forth? Who firmed the earth and its produce? Who gave soul to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk on it? I am Hashem. I have called you with righteousness. I will strengthen your hand. I will protect you. I will set you for a covenant to the people, for a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to remove a prisoner from the confinement, dwellers in darkness and from a dungeon. I am Hashem. This is my name. I shall not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven idols. Zayar Kadosh Baruch continues on and on to express his greatness. But then he tells us that despite his greatness, despite his mercy, despite his generosity, there's going to be people that don't listen. And he says, O deaf ones, listen. This is verse 18. O deaf ones, listen. How could a deaf listen? Meaning they're deaf by choice. They don't want to listen to the Torah. And blind ones, gaze to see. How come the blind, he's asking them to see? Because they're not really blind. They just choose not to watch the Shi'ot Torah. they rather watch soccer. they rather watch all types of nonsense. Who is blind but my servant, and deaf as my messenger, whom I send? Who is blind like the perfected man? Blind like the servant of Hashem? Here he's telling us that because we chose to be blind... Despite his greatness, bad things will happen. And he says in verse 22, But it is looted, downtrodden put, uh, people, all of them trapped in holes and hidden away in prisons. They are looted and there is no rescuer, plundered with no none to say. Give it back. Here, Kadosh Bukhu tells us as a result of us not following his Torah, He's going to start allowing the enemies to do their will. Not to annihilate us, but certainly to hurt us. Certainly to kill some of us. And and get to a point where we will become downtrodden people that are trapped. And no one will care about what we say. The Gemara in Maseret Ketubot page 111a 
shows a promise that a Kadosh Baruch Hu made. A promise that's a scary promise. A promise that every Jew will be able to relate to at this time. If his eyes have been opened. What the Gemara says, a Kadosh Baruch Hu says to his people, if you fulfill the oath that you made, which means to follow my Torah, good. But if not, I will allow the nations to rip your skin apart like they do for the deer. This is literally a part of our Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling us, I love you. I won't destroy you, but I will rebuke you if you don't fulfill the oath. What is the rebuke? The massacre that just happened. The massacres that have happened. And it will only get worse if we do not do tshuva. Now on the good side, Rabotai, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised us that he will not destroy us because there's always going to be some that are loyal to him. They're going to fight for his honor and will ultimately get their reward. What is the reward? We know it's a salvation, but what's the salvation look like? Each day a Jew prays and reads about the salvation. Part of it is in, mentioned by David Melech in Psalm chapter 94. The whole psalm is discussing a critical part of the salvation that the righteous Jewish people will get at the end of days after being tormented, after being tortured, after being captured, after being used for all types of horrific things throughout the medical experiments these psychopaths have, these these tormented, disgusting, vile brains that they have. For all of the years, they've done it. Part of the salvation that the Jewish people will get is written in Psalm number 94. El in the Kamot Ophiah, O God of vengeance, Hashem, O God of vengeance, appear. The day will come where Kadosh Baruch Hu will come and take revenge against all of the enemies of the Jewish people, the ones that have stayed loyal to Him, the ones that have done tshuva, the ones that have fixed their mistakes to the best of their ability and observe Shabbat and observe Kashrut and observed all of the laws they knew about to the best of their abilities without making excuses but yet have been tormented by all types of people both Jews and Gentiles says David Melech, the day will come where the God the God of vengeance he will come God will fight your wars and you shall remain silent 
And says David Melech, Arise, O judge of the earth, render recompense to the haughty. Until when will the wicked, O Hashem, until when will the wicked exult? They speak freely, they utter malicious falsehood, they glorify themselves, O doers of iniquity. Your nation, Hashem, they crush, and they afflicted your heritage. The widow and the stranger they slay, and the orphans they murder. And they say, God will not see, nor will the God of Yaakov understand. Understand, you boors among the people, and you fools, when you will gain wisdom. He who implants the ear, will he not hear? Will he who fashions the eye not see? He who chastises the nation, will he not rebuke? It is he who teaches man knowledge. Hashem knows the thoughts of man, the day are futile. Here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us clear instructions of what's going to happen. Initially, after we make many, many mistakes, but we do tshuva, we fix ourselves. The time will come where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, salvation. But part of that salvation would be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will come and fight the war of vengeance for his people against all of the people that lied about them, all the media, all the terrorists making comments on the internet and writing all types of fake articles, all of those people, Hashem will take vengeance against them. All of those people that glorify themselves after hurting the Jewish people, like they're doing right now, Hashem will take revenge against them. But these boors, these ignoramuses, they claim to believe in God. But David Melech says, yeah, believe or no believe, the reality is their actions speak louder than the words. They may believe in God, but they perhaps think that God doesn't see their evil, or doesn't hear about their evil, doesn't know about their evil. He says to them, is it possible that the one that created vision will not see? The one that gave you the ability to hear, he himself can't hear. You're trying to fool the world to think that you are religious Muslims, you are religious and you are loyal to God after murdering his children. This is what you think. And even if you didn't murder, you supported them, you're defending them. Praiseworthy is the man, says David Melech. Praiseworthy is the man whom God disciplines and whom you teach from your Torah to give him rest from the days of evil while a pit is dug for the wicked. He says, oh, salvation will come. And of course, the salvation is going to come for all those people that used to be evil, used to be bad themselves, but they did tshuva. He's praiseworthy because he did tshuva. As the Rambam writes in Chot Shuvah, before he did Shuvah, he was disgusting, hated, an enemy of God. But now that he did Shuvah, Hashem loves him. He's his dear friend. He's beautiful. 
So those that had, had bad acts but have done tshuva and received the discipline, good, they're praiseworthy. But those that remain wicked, there's nothing worse than them. For Hashem will not cast off His people, nor will He forsake His heritage. For justice shall revert to righteous, and following it will be all the upright heart. Here David Melech continues to tell us that part of the salvation is to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only protects those that have done tshuva, but he also gives them the pleasure of seeing their tormentors, their enemies, destroyed in the most massive way known to man, beyond anyone's comprehension. The amount of suffering that they will have is literally endless. And the Al-Kuchimoni says that really this entire Tehilim, number 94, was the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is what he wrote, that he saw the end of days at Mount Sinai when Hashem showed it to him. He saw the end of days. He was shown the end. He was shown how his descendants, how his people are tormented by Ishmael. And he cried. He cried to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is happening to them. He knew it was justice. Hashem showed him Part of that salvation that will eventually happen is that Hashem Himself will take vengeance against all of those enemies. So Moshe Rabbeinu said it and David the Melech wrote it down. This Rabotai is what's happening right now. The Gemara Brachot says three things that Hashem gifts to people are only gifted to them through suffering. Torah knowledge, Olam Abba, and living in Israel. Meaning you cannot actually have any one of those three without suffering being the price. To become a Torah scholar requires an enormous amount of sacrifice. To eventually be righteous enough where a person is going to go to Olam Abba, enormous amount of sacrifice. But now we're seeing all of the people here that are living in Israel see the struggle they have to live with on a day-to-day basis where your enemy is literally in the same building. One person that we know had to evacuate our building. Why? Where she lived, the entire building, all the tenants in the building, aside from her, were all Hamas, all terrorists, all Palestinian haters of Jews. And to save herself and our kids, she had to literally run away from there. You're asking, why would she live next to that? Eh. There's also a, uh, other Jewish people that live in other buildings, just not that one. Fifty families evacuated their place that's literally surrounded by Arabs and came here to around the corner, here in Yerushalayim. Why? They're surrounded by the enemy. And they don't have, they don't have the protection yet that the Vindamelech mentions. 
They're scared. So while the world will try to convince all of you that the response of the Israeli army is much more than what's happened, now you know the truth. No nation on planet earth has committed as many crimes, and even in a war, as what these vicious monsters have done in the last couple of days. Mutilating bodies, publicizing it, laughing about it. And if it was just the soldiers of some army, eh. but you're not talking about just soldiers. You're talking about the civilians. You're talking about the city, the, the, all of the people that are part of it. And it's not just here. It's all of the people that are part of it all over the world. All of these supporters of the free Palestine nonsense and the anti-Semitism and anti-Jewish mentality and ideology, all of them support this vicious act. And each and every single one of them will eventually see the promise HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us in Psalm number 94 the God of vengeance is here this Rabotai is important for everyone to know because the media is full of lies but worst of it all many times when you try to tell your friends your colleagues your community, the truth, people don't want to accept it. No, it's not possible. I think you're making it up. No, it's not possible. I think you're extreme. No, maybe there's better ways to make peace. Maybe we could uh, be friends. Maybe we could do this and maybe we could do that. And you have all these people that are literally, it almost seems like they're, they're like a, uh, uh, have some type of mental defect they don't realize they're trying to make peace with monsters. It's never going to work. There is no peace. There is no mercy. Even on the babies. An enemy is an enemy. Everything that he has, everything that's associated to him, everything that supports him, are all the same as the enemy, and in some cases, even worse. Anyone that understands it, understands the Torah's laws of war. Anyone who doesn't, is unfortunately subjecting them to become a victim of war. Choose well. With that, I'll take some questions, and Bezat Hashem will go from there. What are Christian Arabs considered in regards to the descendants of Edom and Ishmael? Ishmael.
death penalty to all the demons as long as the death penalty is done outside of the court system. Not like what they're doing right now in a stupid political system they have here in Israel that's run by the court, that's forcing hospitals here in Israel to actually take care of and try to save the life of some of the terrorists that have been shot in, 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 uh, in, in the battle but haven't been killed. They're actually taking care of them in the hospital. In one case, the terrorist and one of his victims, a woman, were in a bed side by side. She got hurt. She got shot from him. He's sitting right there. And they're both being treated in the Israeli hospital. Literally the stupidest political system on planet Earth exists here in Israel. This has nothing to do with Judaism. This is Zionist stupidity. Where their court system here is forcing, is forcing the hospitals to actually treat, medically treat terrorists that have murdered, raped, and burned, and mutilated countless Jewish people. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. I've never seen such a thing. Now you understand why the Palestinians have the audacity to demand that Israel warn them before they bomb. Because if they have the freedom to murder, rape, and mutilate Jewish people and then get taken care of in a hospital with Jewish taxpayer money, what's to say that you know, uh, they, they shouldn't ask for even more, like uh, the Israel to simply not even respond. Needless to say, to give them a warning before they respond. It's the, literally, to, it's, a, it's the prophecy that's mentioned in Gemaral Masichet Sutta, that at the end of days, the rulers of the Jewish people will do things that are against the people's interest. There are Gentiles that are aware of the horrors of the terrorism and want to support the Jewish people. What can they do? It depends what their resources are. If they have uh, uh, money, they can donate to causes like what we have, which helps us help people that are either a victim of terror or a victim of just a situation and have poverty. Uh, also help us help the, uh, financially people that are in need right now, in some cases even soldiers that need tzitziot and so on. So you can help financially. If they don't have any money, then what do they have to offer? If they have skill set, they have a uh, um, certain things. It depends on the person. Generally speaking, the easiest thing to do is contribute money, but make sure you contribute to the right organization that's actually going to utilize that money for what they say they're going to do it. And not just donate and think that just because you're donating to some organization that uh, claims to be Jewish, you are actually donating to the right uh, place. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll tell you a story that uh, there's a couple of places that are trying to call us uh, to try to convince us to give them money so they could go and give t- buy tzitziot and give it to soldiers or buy food and give it to soldiers and, and, and uh, go do all types of things. Like, we'll be the money collector and uh, they'll, they'll do the job. Generally speaking, we uh, don't work with any organizations anymore. 
uh, we used to work with organizations. We had enough bad experience with some of them that we decided that everything we do internally. But anyway, somebody still brought this idea to my attention because there's so much going on right now. It's so difficult. There's a shortage in supplies of everything right now. You you cannot find a uh, uh, you know uh, a, a single supplier in Israel right now that actually has a, a, any stock left of tzitziot and many many other things. You can't find anybody that has uh, tefillin. Uh, a lot of stuff has just been bought and given and so on. It's very difficult, and of course, there's always some evil people that are trying to capitalize on the thing and increase the prices on stuff. Long story short, somebody came up with the idea and said, listen, there's this one organization that they already have some stuff, but they need money, so maybe you can contact them. I don't contact anybody, uh, but they uh, insisted, and they called, and they sent some pictures. Look, there's a rabbi doing this, and there's a rabbi doing that, and he's a picture over here and a picture over there. And uh, so I said, okay, fine. You know what? I had one of my assistants here in Israel. I said, you know, go make a phone call. Make the phone call and uh, find out some more details about who the pictures are. Can I actually go or send somebody to go to the base itself to give, you know, a little, meet the people, something. They make the call literally within about one minute. They let me know, okay, we're not going to do it. Oh, why not? It's a fake organization. It's a trap. And it's Arabs. It's Palestinians that are pretending to be Jews, that are pretending to try to collect money to help Jews. They've somehow gathered some pictures from wherever they gathered them. And uh, they're presenting as if they're doing all these things. But in reality, it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of Arabs. It's a bunch of uh, Palestinian terrorists that are uh, taking people's money as if they are a Jewish organization. And... Uh, it's very likely that they're, instead of buying food and tzitziot and, and helping the, uh, the Jewish people, they're most likely they're buying more missiles to hurt the Jewish people. But this, again, 99.9% .9 of the people that are donating to these campaigns and organizations, they don't do any of these checks. You just see an organization, you see a cool video, has some effects, you like it, you see a little kid, you start crying, donate 1000 bucks, donate 2000 bucks, donate $100. And then people are surprised when uh, you know their their life is in ruins, even though they gave tzedakah. That's because your tzedakah didn't go to the right places. If your tzedakah is going to the right places, you're supposed to have blessing in your money. If you don't have blessing in your money, you still have lawsuits, you still have problems, you still have uh, you know major issues. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with the tzedakah that you're giving. Something wrong. Ay ay. But Baruch Hashem, Hashem saved us from you know not only not wasting money by following our internal policy of not working with anybody, but also even when we considered it, we double-checked enough to make sure that uh, that uh, we, no one stole from us and so on. But uh, again, this this type of stuff is happening. There's, I know people are donating a bunch of money online, just like they did to Ukraine. I'd be surprised if even 10% of the money that people donated for the sake of helping Ukraine actually got to Ukraine. I'd be surprised if 10% arrived. Billions of dollars were donated. I don't even know why anybody donated to it. They're Nazis. So I'm not really sure why anybody would actually support Ukraine uh, when they were, and still are, some of the biggest enemies of the Jews on planet Earth. But nonetheless, uh, people are stupid. And uh, they do stupid things. But even after that, even if you decide to be stupid, don't be stupid all the way. Be stupid halfway. At least make sure that the money actually gets to the destination. No. Literally, people, billions of dollars were raised to go give to Ukraine, very, very unlikely that the money ever arrived there. Very unlikely. And for a lot of different reasons. 
the amount of donor fraud that there is right now, you guys would literally cry if you knew. You'd cry if you knew. Many of the campaigns that are online, they don't go anywhere. I spoke to uh, somebody just uh, during the holidays. During the holidays. Literally. He said, I was a part of a campaign helping some organization. And uh, literally, the whole thing was fake. He was. He didn't know it was fake. He said it was fake in a different way. Why? You think, listen, they said that they are uh, raising, uh, I don't know, a million dollars and uh, they didn't raise much and they just, you know, they brought a bunch of numbers and they put it on the computer and make it seem as if they did raise it to try to inspire people to, to donate because they were embarrassed that they weren't really raising any money. All types of nonsense. So be careful who you donate. How do we pray using Tehilim? Uh, simply, uh, you read it. You read Tehilim and make sure that you try to understand what you're actually reading. Uh, this takes time and practice. You read the commentary, you read the verse several times, understand what the sages say about it. The more you do that, the more you actually understand it uh, while you're reading it naturally. And uh, you'll be able to connect to the words, cry over them, relate to them. Uh, so reading Tehilim requires understanding. You know, people that sometimes read it without actually knowing what they're doing, usually they don't get much out of it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yes, I'm in Israel. Yes. Are you okay? Perfectly fine. Let's see. Let's see. Um, honestly, if you guys saw this thread of all the comments over here, it's amazing how many uh, terrorist supporters there are. It's literally unbelievable. I mean, there are plenty of decent people that are watching, but still, you know, it's like unbelievable how many people support terrorism. It's it's literally uh, just dumbfounded over here. Just uh, how how is that? Is can I? That's that's actually also what David Melech says that they're you wicked. Uh, the wicked rise like grass, but the righteous are like a palm tree. Grass, you go to a field of grass, there's plenty of them. It seems like uh, it's uh, always going to have it. But the truth is, the grass doesn't have any roots, so it falls easily too. It's, uh, on the other hand, the, uh, the palm tree, you may not uh, have many of them, but uh, even if you have one, it'll last a long time because they, uh, they're much stronger. That's the righteous person. Now the Jews are doing the same thing to the Palestinians. No, 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 it's not the same thing. We 
do not mutilate bodies, do not rape, do not, uh, don't know. We're, we're fighting a war. And that war, we're, uh, you're allowed and you have to kill your enemy. Israel is a fake religion. Uh, yeah, you're right. There is no such thing as a Israel religion. So uh, you're right. It is fake, and you are stupid. And uh, so, so you're right about both things. Israel. It's no such religion as Israel. Perhaps if you uh, spent more time educating yourself, instead of uh, uh, learning to be a terrorist, you'd actually understand. Israel is a country and the religion is Judaism read sometimes just try it uh, let me see okay alright okay the rest of the questions are not really relevant or I don't know the story of the guy that got burned and still got was dancing? No. How do you become closer to the religion of Judaism? You learn Torah. Learn Torah with the commentaries by the sages, fulfill different parts of it that are relevant to you. The more you learn, videos like uh, the ones we've made over the years uh, about what's, you know, what does the Torah say about one thing, what does it say about something else, how you should behave. The more you uh, learn Torah, the, the better you'll be able to uh, function in the world. Uh, Jews are hypocrites and use the Holocaust to justify their actions. Hypocrites, I don't think there's anybody that's not a hypocrite uh, on planet Earth, but uh, if you're talking about uh, hypocrites in regards to uh, not wanting to uh, get attacked by missiles and terrorists, and we defend ourselves, not really sure how that's hypocrite. Uh, that just simply means you have common sense. If somebody attacks you, go destroy him. Um, as far as using the Holocaust to justify our actions, no, the Holocaust is just a tragedy that happened in the past um, to our specifically, uh, it's more towards our people than any other nation. It's certainly other nations also suffer from it, but not, nowhere near as much as the Jewish people. Not really sure how somebody could use that as an excuse. Uh, perhaps you should try to, uh, uh, you know, think about how you would feel if six million of your brothers and sisters were murdered uh, in horrific ways. So, uh, if your answer is that I wouldn't like it, I would want to uh, make the situation better in the future, so my kids don't have to experience the same thing. Then guess what? That's exactly what we're doing.
How does it feel to have electricity? Uh, it feels wonderful. It feels wonderful. When you're not a terrorist, you have electricity. Uh, when you are a terrorist that's uh, ungrateful and you end up murdering the people that provide you electricity, then you get to uh, lose it and you get to uh, experience uh, suffering in darkness. Uh, I personally would uh, prefer that they actually turn on the lights so these people could actually see themselves uh, suffer just like they caused us but apparently if Hashem wants them to suffer in darkness like the Egyptians, their forefathers the Egyptians also suffered in darkness for for a week uh, so targeting hospitals and schools is de is defending yourself a hundred percent especially when that hospital has a terror cell uh, on the in the basement and denies that they have the terror cell in there until the uh, Israeli soldiers go in there and, uh, and uh, sometimes survive, sometimes not. So yeah, that hospital is a hospital of terror and therefore has lost its right to exist. The same thing with the school that uses the roof to shoot missiles at the Jewish people. Uh, that whole school became a terror cell. Uh, and the same thing with the child, and the same thing with the mother, and the same thing with anybody that supports, anybody that supports the ideology uh, is, 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 is no different than the, the, the rapists and the, and the murderers and uh, the, the sick people. There's uh, anybody that supports it in any way, shape, or form, either by speaking for it or by being silent about it, or by uh, donating to it in any way. Anyone that supports it in any way is no different than the murderers, psychopaths that uh, caused all the agony to the Jewish people over the last few days that I mentioned before. The ones that burned people and cut them into little pieces and uh, all the other horrible, horrifying things that we have never seen. We have simply never seen. Mankind has never seen the horror that the Jewish people have experienced in the last couple of days. So... Um, Perhaps, perhaps uh, you uh, want Hashem to do that to your family uh, and uh, to know how, how we feel right now. And maybe you'll have a different question or a different answer for your question. Perhaps. Maybe you should pray for it. We'll do that. I think we're finished.
I feel frustrated at the government for practically allowing this to happen to the Jewish people. I understand this was supposed to happen, but will American Jews be punished for the actions of horrible leadership? Well, part of the punishment on uh, people is to have horrible leadership, meaning not just the uh, uh, the consequence of, of bad leadership is a punishment, but the actually having bad leadership is a punishment. If you want to know more about that, watch the, the series that I made called Era of Mashiach, where uh, we made a lecture, uh, made a series about the uh, writings of, of Elchanan Vassalman, and... Uh, that was called Ikvita de Meshicha, the era of Mashiach. And he has a very significant, probably the most significant part of that book is uh, bad leadership and the consequence of it. So I highly recommend you watch that series. It's very, very uh, um, uh, detailed and a lot of information that's uh, necessary and relevant today. Did Hashem already choose the people he wanted to go against Israel? or to think evil, like the ones that we see today. No, there is an education that uh, at, uh, you know, three years old, they're already going to uh, army training camp and being shown uh, dolls that uh, are supposed to be representatives of, uh, of Israeli people, of Jewish people, that uh, the kid is supposed to kill. So they're already trained with this stuff as, as, as toddlers. They're sick people, sick, sick monsters. I shouldn't even call them people. Uh, it's literally monsters okay Rabotai thank you very much for learning with me may Hashem bless each and every single one of you that learned and came here to learn and uh, wanted to fulfill the will of Hashem Uh, Hashem Hashem will protect you oh last thing I almost forgot almost forgot to say Uh, so the monsters that we talked about the Ishmaelim are uh, uh, made an announcement and it's all over the news all over the net all over everywhere that they're trying to gather um, the uh, all of the other Ishmaelim terrorists around the world in America, in Australia, and you know all over the place to uh, together uh, as a act against uh, the Jews. In so many words, making it very likely that there's going to be major, major problems around the world uh, coming from these terrorists. Uh, so uh, my recommendation after speaking to Rabbi Ephraim is that if there's a threat of such a thing in your community, uh, then simply stay home. Don't go to work. Don't send the kids to school. Stay home. Uh, and just enjoy Shabbat. And uh, don't uh, don't be in the scene. Don't uh, put yourself in harm's way. It's simply not worth it. I already got a few messages from some people that uh, they actually got a notice of this in their job, in a school, or one of them, I think, was in some type of corporation, uh, anyway, the uh, this notice of a threat supposed to be on Friday uh, from the uh, Ishmaelim, uh, that's uh, something that uh, is well publicized, and the uh, person needs to make sure that he's not doesn't act like a hero right now, and think that just because he walks around with a gun, that he's going to be able to protect himself against a thousand Ishmaelim. No, they're like cockroaches; they don't die. They uh, literally like cockroaches. So make sure you stay out of the way. Um, and uh, if there's no issue in your community, you live in a community that doesn't have any of this stuff, then no problem. But generally speaking, there's always a group of Ishmaelim next to every Jewish community. So be careful, uh, and Be'ezad Hashem, HaKadosh protect us. Use the time and energy that you have to do tshuva, to improve your acts, and help other people do the same thing by sharing these types of lectures for people to watch. 
uh, as well as to contribute to, and so on. Bachavat Tzacha, Shabbat Shalom to everyone. Call to. Thank you.